Amen. Man, can we praise the Lord this morning just one more time? Oh, my goodness. Man, when we sing those words, I just can't help but just be like, Lord, thank you. Thank you so much for what you have done. And it's just like, I'm just ready to preach now. And I'm just ready to like go for it. So I hope like you're ready to go for it because I'm ready to go for it. But man, happy new year. It's 2021. And let me tell you, it's so cool. Like two years ago, I was in, in uh, Nepal during like this whole New Year's thing. And then last year I was in Israel. And so finally, after two years, I was like, hey, I'm like in the United States now celebrating New Year's. So this is awesome. Uh, one thing I'm really grateful for as well is that I'm really short uh, because we have this screen. And so those of you in this area, hey, you can still see. So we're fine. So don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'm just really grateful for everyone who has been able to just put in all the work. And I love highlighting our people in the back. And so I get to do that today with Ms. Marsha. So thank you as everything that you do. You know, as we look at 2021, I just honestly can't help but be so excited because I think that we are moving into 2021 with direction. And I truly believe it'll be a year of direction because our staff, our pastors have been praying and, and thinking, saying, Lord, what are we to do? Like, how are you going to direct us and guide us? And we've been asking questions like, what does it look like to be a church that is directed by God? What does it mean to move with direction as a church? And truly, I believe that we are to be a people who are able to truly create these avenues that are biblically sound and culturally relevant. And so as we look at 2021, it's like, Lord, we want to build these things in order to engage people in order for you to work, in order for you to move in this place. And, and as I continue even fleshing out 2021, I, I just can't help but be excited of what's about to happen in our church and all of our campuses. Like 2021 will be like the official first year that we're going to be like a bilingual family of faith. And I'm like, that's unheard of. And that is crazy. And it's like, Lord, we're actually going to be a church who's doing ministry in the context of language. And we're not going to let ourselves be separated by ethnic things or color or language or anything. It's like, God, like we're going to be one family. We're going to be like one people with one God, with one spirit, with one mission, proclaiming your name in a way that people can understand in our communities. And it's like, Lord, man, trust us. Trust us because we want to do this and our hearts long for this. And I just want to make sure you guys are excited for 2021 because I really, really am. I don't know if you can see it. It's just like me. And so this morning, man, if you've been with us for a while or if it's your first time, I want to let you know that we are a church that loves going verse by verse in passages. And we really love dissecting the word of God. But this morning, I do want to warn you, it'll be a little bit different. Not that we're not going to open up the Bible. We are, I promise. But it's going to be a little bit more topical and, and a little bit more thematic. And the reason that is, is because we want to cast a vision for 2021. We want to cast a vision. And this is really important for us because it's one of those things where every single year, our church, what we love to do is we love to do uh, is like pick a word or to pick a phrase that truly encapsulates what we want to do as a church together that year. Now, some of you might do this. Some of you might already pick a word or a phrase. It's like, you know what? This is my word for this year. Well, it's kind of like that. But instead of us calling it like a theme or like an idea, we actually call it the gospel adventure. The gospel adventure. So today we're going to be talking about this gospel adventure of 2021 
And really, it'll be this phrase that leads us to direction and to action. And so I'm hoping that this morning you'll be able to truly grasp that and be inspired by it because it's already inspired me. Because I want this to be something that we can rally around and say, you know what? Our gospel adventure for 2021 will be this. And all of us will be able to inspire one another and challenge one another into this gospel adventure. And so we're going to be in Colossians chapter 1. So if you're turning with me, Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 1. And one thing that we love to do in reverence for the word of God is stand together as we read it. So if you're there with me, if you'll stand, we're going to read it together. Starting in verse 1, it says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to God's holy people in Colossae, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from our God, our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all God's people. And faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understand God's grace. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. This is the word of the Lord, and praise be to God. You may be seated. So as we look at Colossians, there's these two background things I just want us to make sure that we notice, is that Paul is really writing to a people he hasn't really met. And he hasn't met them, and, and he's writing to them because he's heard about them. That's really what he says. And he's heard about them from other people, but specifically, he's heard about them from this man named Epaphras, which we kind of see at the end of this passage, and we're actually going to dive into his life just a little bit. And so the textual idea that we get from this passage is that as Paul begins his letter to the believers of Colossae, he thanks the Lord for the work that God has done in them, and the work that God has done through the obedience of Epaphras. And so the sermon idea, which is really our gospel adventure for 2021, I'm going to share with you, so a little drum roll, like 2021 gospel adventure, is missionary mindset. So I want you to write that down in your Bible, in your notes, on your phone, on your hand, on your kid, however you need to remember, but missionary mindset. And really, one thing you're going to hear us say a lot is maybe build a missionary mindset. And this is so important for us, and I think it's so beautiful how it stems from what we talked about last week of this, of living with eternity in mind. And so when we think of 2021, there's going to be some big changes happening in our church, in our locations, on our campuses. And no matter what these changes look like, we know one thing in mind is like, Lord, we want to strive to share the true gospel want to strive to make disciples who make disciples who truly allow this true gospel to transform every aspect of their life. That is our goal as as missionaries. And, And truly, to be honest with you, our lives in Christ have this purpose that's beyond like the four walls of our home. That's beyond all the crazy walls of this building. 
it is beyond who we are, and we are part of a story that's way bigger than we are. And if I'm being honest, if, if you want to see people go from death to life, people go from baby Christians to parent Christians, if you want to see a, a church and a body go from surviving to thriving, it's going to take a body of believers who are truly convinced that the Lord Jesus Christ died and rose again. And that if we put our faith and trust in him, we will be saved and he transforms us from the inside out. It's going to take all of these things and understanding that the King Jesus, that he alone is on the throne and he is high lifted up and he commands us to have a missionary mindset. That is what it's going to take in 2021. And, and if really, if I could define missionary real quick for you, in short, I'd probably say a missionary is a disciple maker across diverse cultures, a disciple maker across diverse cultures. And we'll dive into that just a little bit more, but I want to show this to you because as I was talking to our senior pastor, Chris, about uh, having a missionary mindset, it reminded me of Nepal. And in Nepal, it's so cool. They have this tradition where if you do something that blesses someone, they go up to you and they put like a blessing scarf on you. And it's like, man, I, like, I just want to bless you. And so I remember going uh, to the missionary's home, and he's like, man, I hope you guys get some blessing scarves on this trip, because it's awesome. Because like, they will just like, shower you with blessings. And so this one is the blessing scarf that they give to someone. It's like, hey, I don't really know you, but you've blessed me, so I want to bless you. And it's like, okay. And this one comes from someone who's like, no, man, like, you're my friend. Like, you're my brother. You're my sister. And they bless you with it. And the thing is, is that you don't take this off until the person leaves your presence. But I remember uh, the missionary telling me this story and telling me just how intentional that he had to be with people in Nepal. Because you're trekking up the Himalayas, you're walking in these cities. It's like, look, nobody wants to hear about Jesus. You have to be so intentional with them. And so every time I see these, it reminds me, Misael, you have to be intentional. And so as we think of a missionary mindset, we have to be intentional. And if it's okay, and if it's not too distracting, I'm actually going to wear these the whole time I, I preach, if that's, if that's okay. And so we're looking at Colossians 1, and the first thing I want us to see in verses 1 to 6 in Colossians would be that a missionary moves with discernment. A missionary moves with discernment. So if you look in the first couple of verses, it says that, that Paul is talking to these people who are in Christ, these people who have faith in the Lord Jesus and have loved God's people. So it's really, really obvious that God is transforming us. And really, Paul is the one talking to them and saying, man, I am talking to believers right now. I'm talking to people who are led by the Spirit. I'm talking to people who trust the Lord for every aspect of their life. And really, when we think about walking with discernment, that's really what it means, being led by the Spirit, being guided by the Lord, and, and praying to him and saying, Lord, what should I do? Lord, give me the boldness to act and to have these words when I talk to someone. It's these people that it's like, Lord, I want to live in such a way that is, is truly glorifying you, live in such a way that's like, man, I want it to be worthy of the high calling that you've had on my life. And so he's specifically talking to these people who have the spirit. And, and, and if you're being honest, like, I hope that we are people that continually ask the Lord for, dis, for discernment. 
people who are like, Lord, like I need your divine wisdom and your divine discernment in every situation of my life because I want to be a missionary because as believers, that's who we are. We're these missionaries walking, and it's like, Lord, I want to walk at the pace that you walk. And sometimes that means I have to walk slower than I want to. And sometimes I have to walk like, sometimes that means I have to walk faster than I want to. But it's like, Lord, like I literally just want to move at the pace that you move. And, and man, when I think about this discernment that we must have, that's like God-given. Man, that means that I need to make decisions that are not just like, these logical, rational decisions. And I have to make these decisions that are not just purely emotional decisions. I have to make these, these decisions, keeping all that to account, but also saying, Lord, what do you say? I'm gonna prayerfully think, I'm gonna prayerfully feel through all of these as I seek you. And so as we look, Paul is truly talking to children of God, children who move with discernment. And, and really, we ought to move with discernment because that's how God moves. If you think about it, in his divine discernment, God sent his one and only son at like the perfect time. The Bible talks about that he came at the fullness of time. And if we look at this in like a really cool historical view, he's right. He did. Because before Jesus came, there's this thing called the Pax Romana. And it's just incredible because what happened before Jesus came is Alexander the Great came and he conquered all these lands and what happened is that people began to speak just like one language, which was Koine Greek. And then they began to, they began to use like this same money. And then people began to move from like, the, like these outskirt lands to like these little towns and cities where news spread, spread a lot faster. It's so interesting as we look how, how Jesus truly came in the most perfect time and, and for the perfect place and for all eternity for people. And it's just like, Lord, like in your divine discernment, you came for us, and it was the perfect scenario. And it's like, Lord, that's how you work, and that's how I want to work. And so, Lord, build that in me. Build that in me, this divine discernment. And so as we continue to look at these verses together, and, and what Paul is saying is like, man, this true gospel has come to you, and I'm so grateful. We're going to look at some applicational things of, of really what missionaries must do. What missionaries must do. And so the first thing I want us to see is that missionaries must infiltrate. Missionaries must infiltrate. Which really what this means is that missionaries must enter, which is super obvious and logical, right? It's like, okay, duh, they have to go inside. But here's the thing. When we, when we say you have to have a missionary mindset, I'm not asking you to go overseas, which is awesome. And I think going overseas is awesome, but we're asking you to have a missionary mindset here. And so let me ask you, you're in this place, like, do you understand the context in which you're in? You have technically infiltrated your place. Like, do you understand that we are in this postmodern world, this world that really wants nothing to do with Jesus, this world that's like, man, don't really talk to me about that kind of stuff. I really don't care. This kind of world who really don't like invitations to church anymore. Like, do you understand the context in which we're in? Because truly, we have to understand the people and the culture of where we're in and Honestly, the places that we live is the places that we are most clouded by. And it's like, man, we cannot be clouded by that because we need to understand our world, our country, our state, our communities, our neighborhood. Like, where do people go eat? Like, where do people go hang out? And it's so fascinating as I, as I look at Tulsa. It's like, man, people in Jinx hang out in different places than like North Tulsa. People in Owasso hang out in different places than like Sepulpa. 
And it's just so fascinating because like, man, I really want to understand where people are because I want to meet people where they're at. You see, if you look at Paul's life, especially in Acts chapter 7, it's so interesting because Paul, what he does, he kind of like, when he goes into a new place, he begins to like walk around and, and look, okay, what do people worship? Where do people go eat? And what's so funny is that in Acts chapter uh, 7, Paul's walking by this statue. And it's a statue that people were worshiping, and it says, to an unknown God. And so he's going to this place where people are worshiping, and he goes, guys, you say you have an unknown God, but I have a God who can be known. And he used this cultural context of saying, guys, like, this is what you say, is what you do, but let me tell you how the gospel speaks into that and transforms that. But in order to know that, we have to know where we are and who we are and who we're dealing with. And so my question is to you is like, have you truly understood the community that you're in? Have you truly understood your neighborhood? Have you truly understood where your church is, where your campus is? Because that is so important for us. And so we see that a missionary must infiltrate, but the next thing we see is that missionaries must communicate. Missionaries must communicate. And what we're trying to communicate here is the gospel. And the gospel that absolutely transforms, like I said, every aspect of our life. And, and hear me when I say this. Like you, we might need to write this down because when, when the Lord really just gave this to me, I was like, oh, my goodness, I need to like write that on my, on my window or something. But it's like we must know what we're communicating. We must believe what we're communicating. And we must trust what we're communicating. We must know it. We must believe it. We must trust it. And it's like, Lord, help me trust what I'm saying. Help me believe what I'm saying. God, don't just let it be like up here, please. Lord, I want to trust you for all these things as I'm communicating. And, and, and at the same time as I'm communicating, like I said, we have to communicate in, with, in a way that people understand. Because, look, I kind of have to change my language when I'm talking to a teenager. Like, I have to, word, I have to use words like dope and lit. <laughs> And all these things like that for them to know, oh, my gosh, okay, I see what you're saying now. And we're speaking English, but they're using, like, different languages. But the thing is, it's, it's not just English, Spanish, and all these other languages. But, man, we have to communicate to our kids and to our teenagers and to our senior adults and to our young adults in a way that they can understand. And it's like, Lord, help us do that. And so we want to communicate with language, but at the same time, maybe we want to communicate with action. We want to communicate with action and saying, guys, like we, community, we love you. And one thing that I have thought of that a mentor shared with me one time, he goes, Misa, think about this. Imagine this. What if your church vanished? What if this place vanished? Think about that. Would the people in this neighborhood, would the people in your neighborhood miss you? Would, the, would people miss the church? Would they say, man, I wish they were here? And that's a piercing question because it makes you think, okay, Lord, what are we doing? In my neighborhood, in my school, in my church, Lord, would they miss me? Would they miss us? And that's a great question for us to ask. And the thing is, like, this is so important for us because we are truly missionaries where we are. And if you're a believer and you've never heard that, I'm really sorry I'm really sorry, but I hope you hear me today. And, and I'm really sorry that in our American mindset, in our American church mindset, I'm really sorry that someone has told you or, or maybe we've made it seem that it's like super easy. Let me put it this way. Or it's easier to like give to missions rather than be on mission. 
I'm so sorry because we are to be on mission and not just give to missions. There is a huge difference in all of that. And so we've seen that we must infiltrate and we've seen that we must communicate. The next thing that we see is that we must replicate. We must replicate. And what this means is that, man, we are to replicate ourselves through discipleship. We see that Paul is speaking to these people in Colossae, these people that Epaphras has invested in. And he's like, man, I'm so grateful for the way that you guys are loving each other. Because this gospel that you have, this gospel has gone out to the whole world, and you understand that. So Paul is saying, man, we have to make disciples who make disciples. And, and really, guys, I'm just so afraid that we've accidentally continued this whole salvation culture rather than a gospel culture. Because salvation culture is really just focused with the decision. And I think I've shared this before, but a gospel culture isn't just focused on a decision, but it's focused on discipleship. Of saying, look, you're not just saved from something, but you're transformed into something. That is what the gospel is. Like he transforms us from the inside out. Like you are born again. You're his adopted child by grace. And it's this gospel that is trustworthy. This gospel we can trust this gospel that we, man, accept through faith. And it's like, man, Lord, like help us. Help us be a church. Help us be a people who is truly all about a gospel culture from beginning to end. If it doesn't just stop at, man, you've made a decision, awesome, see ya. But it's like, no, you made a decision, man, can I walk with you? Man, can I, can I teach you? Can I, can I just show you how to be someone who can also make disciples? Because I don't want us to be a church and a people who's like, man, because you made the decision, because you made this prayer, man, you can walk away knowing you're not going to hell. And though that's true, I want people to walk away saying, man, I have a relationship with the Lord. There is a stark difference there. Because yes, we're saved from hell. Yes, we're saved from from this eternity that is just completely terrible. That's like, Lord, like, no, I'm walking away knowing that I have a relationship with you, knowing that I can walk with you and, and you walk with me. And, and Lord, like, I want to be a true disciple who trusts you. And the reason I'm so afraid of this is because on Monday, I was at this coffee shop. I was at the coffee shop with Jonathan. And we're sitting there and, and we're talking about just 2021 and Man, Lord, what are we to do? And there's this, there's this girl who's working at the coffee shop. And so she's over there doing her thing. And I just said, hey, can I ask you a question? And I was like, hey, where do you get, like, your information from? Like, something happened in Tulsa. Like, how do you know? And so we're, like, we're having a conversation. And at some point, she was like, man, why are you asking all these questions? Like, do you work for the city? And I was like, no, I just love questions. Sorry. Like, I just wanted to know, like, who, like, who you are, what you do. And she's like, okay, so if you don't work for the city, like, where do you work? And I said, well, I'm a pastor at one of the churches uh, in Owasso and in Tulsa. And she goes, oh, that's awesome. Like, I-, I went to a Baptist church growing up. And I said, oh, really? She's like, yeah. But then, and then she began to tell me her story of how she went to different churches in Tulsa and got baptized. And I said, I said hold on, hold on, hold on. I said, tell me your testimony. I was like, like, tell me who Jesus is. Like, I just, tell me who that is. My heart broke because she said, well, you know what? Jesus just came to make my life better. 
you know, he's just, he's just a good guy, like has some good stuff to say. And began to say all these things that were so culturally Christian that I was like, Lord, where have we failed? I was like, Lord, how can we allow someone to be baptized and they can't even articulate the gospel? How can we allow someone to be baptized most likely knowing that they're not born again? Like, Lord, where have we failed? And so my heart is broken because as I think about that, it's like, Lord, I pray for her and it's like, Lord, help us do better. Help us do better. And so we've seen in verses 1 to 6 that a missionary moves with discernment. And verses 7 to 8, <clears throat> we're going to see that a missionary moves with direction. A missionary moves with direction. So Paul is saying right here in verses 7 to 8, it's like, man, you have learned from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant who's faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, who's also told us of your love in the spirit. And this is just incredible because we see that Epaphras learned from Paul. Man, and Paul has learned from the Lord. And as we look at the Lord Jesus and what he did, he moved with direction. And that's why I think it's so powerful for us to say, man, let's embrace 2021 being, we're gonna move with direction that no matter what happens, we're going to move in such a way, we're going to say, okay, Lord, our, our true goal is to do your will. Our true goal is to follow you and to say, God, we're going to have a plan because where there's, where there's a plan, man, there's direction. Where there's direction, there's hope. We just got done celebrating Christmas. I mean, I can celebrate with hope knowing that God had a plan. And it's like, God, thank you. And so we want to follow in that. And so this man, Epaphras, he was a man who had direction. And so if we actually look at Colossians chapter 4, in verse 12, we get a little bit more of a glimpse of who Epaphras is. In verse 12, in chapter 4, it says, Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you that you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. Matured and fully assured. You see, Epaphras went back to his hometown. Colossae was his hometown. And so he goes back and he's like, man, I need to do what Paul has taught me to do. What did Paul teach him to do? You see it right there in his prayer. He lived a life in such a way and he taught people in such a way that they would stand firm, that they would be mature. And as we think of, of being a missionary and having a missionary mindset, that's truly our goal, to move in direction, to have this goal of saying, Lord, I want to present people to you who are mature, who can stand firm in their faith. You see, when we look at Jesus, that's what he did. He came with direction and saying, man, my goal, yes, is to save all of the human race, but my goal is also to present people mature to the Father. And the reason I say this is because isn't it interesting that Jesus took his time? Isn't it interesting that it wasn't until 33 and a half years that he said, okay, this is the time? Isn't it interesting that, that he just, he took time to walk with people, 
you know, he had this inner circle of Peter, James, and John, and sometimes Andrew. And he had like this outer circle with the rest of the disciples, and the circles just kind of expanded out of there. It's so interesting that Jesus took time to invest in this inner circle of saying, man, I'm going to pour my life into you and make sure that you are people who understand me, who are mature. And, and what's so fascinating is that even if we look at Paul's life, he had people that he was investing in and taking with. He had Timothy, he had Silas, and sometimes even had Luke that joined him on these missionary journeys. And so as I think about that and as I look at Epaphras, he is praying, and, which makes it evident that he was someone who was like, man, I want to present people mature to the Lord. People who go from uh, baby Christians to parent Christians or from kid Christians to teenage Christians. And as I look at that, it's like, man, that is what we are to do. And, and really a question I have for you guys that I had to ask myself is, are we doing that? Are we doing that? And, and if I were to like go up to you right now and ask you, hey, who have you presented mature to the Lord? Who would you say you've done that with? And that's a piercing question because it's like, Lord, why not? Why have I not done that? Did I not understand? Was it laziness? Was it something else? Was it some kind of obstacle? Because, man, one thing one of my mentors told me one time, he said, you only need to know one more thing than another person to teach them. And that's pretty much true. It's like, Lord, I want to walk with someone. I want to live life with someone. And, Lord, you've commanded me to do that. Because, you know, we read Matthew 28, and we love to just stop at go make disciples of all nations and baptizing them. But if you keep reading, it says, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. Oh, man, that's just a step further of saying, man, okay, Lord, I see what you're, I see what you're saying now. And so as we continue to look at this, I, I, I just want to make sure that we know that we must not only infiltrate and communicate and replicate, but missionaries must cultivate. We must cultivate. We must create these spaces and these places for people to experience the Lord, to experience the Lord in such a way that maybe they haven't before. And, and I'm not talking about events. Like churches have been so event-driven and though events are awesome, really what I'm talking about is like, man, we have to create these spaces maybe even in our home. And I know some people that like host a lot of neighborhood kids in their home, and I think that's so cool. But truly, that's what we are to do is create these spaces for people, these intentional places where people can have gospel-centered conversations. So as I think about a missionary, we have to be intentional with that. And, and honestly, I think we've been really pushed towards that because of our postmodern world and because of our COVID world. Honestly, I think we have to think smaller and more intentional rather than bigger as I think about that. And so the next thing I want us to see is that missionaries must generate. Missionaries must generate. And what I mean by this is that, man, we as missionaries must develop leaders. Like, yes, we disciple people, but, man, in this group of people, there are leaders that can use their giftings for the glory of God and the benefit of others. And as we think about that, man, it's like, Lord, like we are to be absolute participators of your grace and not just spectators of your grace. Because really we get to just absolutely participate in what he's doing and, and raise up the next generation. And I'm so grateful, honestly, for this location because you guys have sent out the next generation. And we have people from this location that have gone to New York, that have gone to Peru. And it's like, man, Lord, thank you. 
And we have people who are going to schools right now in our area. We have sent out leaders, and as we think of, of being a missionary, we have to send out leaders. And then the last thing I want us to see is that missionaries must anticipate. And we talked about this last week, anticipating the day of the Lord, anticipating his arrival. And because we're anticipating his revival, it's like, Lord, we have work to do right now. We are missionaries right now, and, and Lord, you are sending us right now where we are. You see, God is ascending God. We see that he sent his presence, he has sent provision, he has sent leaders, he even sent plagues, he sent the law, he sent the prophets, he sent his son, he sent his spirit, and he sends us. God is a sending God. And so I just have some questions to end our time together. Are you willing to be sent where you are right now? Are you willing to be sent in the location that you're in? Are you willing to ask God to build in you a missionary mindset? If your answer is yes, let's get to work. Let's get to work right now, tomorrow, the next day. If your answer is no, I want you to ask yourself why. Why not? And if, you, if your answer is no, I'd love to talk to you about that. Because truly, the Lord has commanded it. And man, Jesus is deserving of it. And people's eternity, that's worth it. Let's pray together. Jesus, we are in this gospel adventure with you and with others. Lord, this gospel adventure in 2021 is, is one that's really, really going to challenge us. But Lord, I'm grateful that it does. Because it makes us be more intentional and relational with people that we don't know. With people who we don't feel like we are the same with. But Jesus, you are better. Jesus, you are better than, than all the screen time we, we, we use on our phone. Jesus, you are better than all the shows that we watch. Jesus, you are better than, than the government. Jesus, you are better than church establishments. Jesus, you are better than everything because you, Lord, are above all things. You are uncomparable. So, Lord, help us. Help us, please, build a missionary mindset. Break our hearts for what breaks yours. God, I pray right now for Alora, the girl that I met at that coffee shop. I pray that she would experience you today. Lord, that you would send another missionary to share the gospel with her. Lord, because I shared with her, we shared with her, and it's time for someone else. And I pray that she would experience you as people experience you today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.